book of Genesis, chapter number 26, verse number 15, and then we'll read verse 17 and 18. Amen. Thank you, Brother Austin, for doing such a great job this morning. Amen. Thank you for obeying the Holy Ghost. Verse number 15, for all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. Verse number 17, and Isaac departed thence and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And he digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father for the Philistines had stopped them. I want to preach for a little while tonight. I think it's a little while. I hope it's a little while. You hope. I want to preach for a little while tonight. Beware of the Philistines. Beware of the Philistines. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. After one generation passed, the enemy tried to get a new generation to forsake an old well. Beware of the Philistines. God, I pray, Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. God, I know it's not by power and it's not by might, but God, it's by your spirit. And Lord, I pray, God, by the anointing of the Holy Ghost, by a work of your spirit, that you would just have your way in this place. Lord, we need you and we need your mercy and we need your word and we need your anointing to touch our ears to hear. Help us, God, to receive your word with thanksgiving. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, confirm your word with signs following, Lord. God, let it be done in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. amen. Before you're being seated, this certifies that Kylan Mullins was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, that's right. Give the Lord another good hand clap of praise. I like doing that every week. I said I like doing that every week. Hallelujah. Amen. One more time, give the Lord a hand clap of praise as you're being seated tonight. I have very often preached about the ancient people group known to history as the Philistines. They were such a prominent nation of people in the Old Testament. They were the constant 
enemy of God's people. They appear first in the very first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. From that moment, they are mentioned 288 times. 18 different books of Scripture. All the way to the 38th out of 39 books of the Old Testament, Zechariah is the last of the prophets to speak of them. Nearly the entire span of the Old Testament context in some way, shape, or form has reference to the Philistines. These people hated God's people. They hated how the children of Israel worshiped God and loved God and served God. It offended them that they refused to worship the idols that the Philistines valued. It's really hard to put into a proper perspective how long and how bitter this rivalry between Israel and the Philistines really was. Generations, centuries, millennia, it feels like, just go by one after another from Genesis through Zechariah. The Philistines are an infamous people in the Scripture. In the pages of the Bible, they emerge from the Old Testament as a violent group of people with a deep-seated hatred for anyone that loved and worshipped God. In history, they were known as the Sea People, who were finally subdued by the ancient Egyptians. And at the, at the losing of their battle with the Egyptians, they migrated to the area known now as Palestine. This migration brought them into contact with and conflict against Israel. When Israel and the Philistines came into contact with each other, there was a bitter struggle that ensued from there on. When they came together, the truth was that the influence of Egypt and the technology of Egypt had advanced the Philistines beyond the level that the Israelites had advanced technologically. When Israel was still practicing Bronze Age practices, the Philistines had already advanced to Iron Age technology. This advancement in technology and weaponry gave the Philistines a tremendous advantage on the battlefield. Their weapons were superior to the Israelites' weapons. Their technology was superior to the Israelite technology. Archaeological discoveries have also shown that there seemed to be a special talent among the Philistines for performance art and entertainment. It would be, if you will, the ancient equivalent of Hollywood's music and movies for that time and that era. The Philistines were aggressive by nature. Their goal was not to make peace with you. Their goal was to subdue you defeat you, and convert you. Their goal was to advance their culture and civilization by any means necessary. If by peace, fine, but if by war, even better. They, they had decided that either by death or destruction, they would impose their will on those around them. The Philistines would never be satisfied 
with you doing what you want to do and me doing what I want to do. Coexistence was not really their goal. Their goal was to dominate or die trying to do so. This came to be a terrible issue for Israel, for they could not overcome the Philistines on the battlefield just by technology and manpower and soldiers in the field. Their technology could not compete with the Philistine technology. Their cultural advancement was not quite where the Philistines was. It would appear from history that there was nothing that could be worse to God's people than being a Philistine. The Philistines worshiped idols. They were aggressive. They were warriors. They were never satisfied with peace. They wanted to dominate. The word Philistines actually comes from a, from a Hebrew word that means to roll, to roll in the dust, to roll in dirt, or to wallow like a pig. And it also, it also gives a reference to being migratory or always moving. It's hard to pin down a people that are willing to live in the dirt and always moving. It's hard to pin them down, especially when they have all of these perceived advantages against you. And so you have this group of people and their first contact with the Philistines and Israel was between Abraham and Abimelech, the leader of the Philistines. The Bible said that Abimelech rose up and in due time, when he rose up in due time, Abraham died. Abraham being a sheep herder, being a, a man that raised cattle, he was a man that had to dig wells, and he would dig wells for his family and his possessions. And when Abraham died, the Bible says that Isaac inherited all that his father had. It appeared that Abimelech and Isaac had reached an agreement to coexist, but then Abimelech rose up and peace was short-lived. In good times, there would be tension between God's people and the Philistines, but these were not good times. The Bible said in Genesis 26 and 1 that there was a famine in the land, and the Bible said that Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of, Philist of the Philistines. The famine came in the land, and the, the famine began to cause tensions to rise. When there's a shortage of water and a shortage of grass, there becomes strife between the herd, between the herdsmen. And so Isaac does what Isaac's supposed to do. He talks to God about it. He asks God, Lord, what should I do? And in Genesis 26, 3 and 4, here's what God told Isaac. Sojourn in this land. Stay here. And I will be with you. I'll bless you. For unto thee and unto thy seed will I give all these countries. And I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven. And give unto thy seed all these countries. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. God renewed the promise of Abraham in Isaac, I will be with you. I'll bless you. I'll make your seed to multiply. I'm going to give you all this land so you just stay here. 
Don't get in a hurry to leave before your promise comes to pass because if you leave too soon, you'll miss what I want to do. So you just stay here because when you stay here, I'm going to give all of this promise to you. Amen. And then God made it very clear that the reason that Isaac found favor was because of how Abraham had served God. Verse number five of Genesis 26. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my law. Isaac, I'm going to bless you in this land. I'm going to give you all this land. I'm going to make your seed great. And I'm going to make you a blessing to every nation of the earth. And the reason I'm going to do it is because Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, and my commandments. May I tell the parents tonight, it is important how you worship God how you come to church, and how you live your life. By you obeying God, you are purchasing favor for your children. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I understand. I understand that Isaac had a choice. But God said, I'm going to give Isaac the benefit of the doubt because of how Abraham served me. Let me just tell you right now that if I can do anything in my power to get a hold of a blessing for my two daughters, I'm going to do it. Amen. That's one reason why I'm faithful to the house of God. That's one reason I worship when I get here and I go to the prayer room before I come in here because I'm trying to make sure that if there's a reason that my kids aren't blessed, it's not going to be because I was lazy and carnal and worldly. Isaac, I'm going to bless you because your daddy worshiped me. Come on, daddies. It's time that we show our children more than just bring, show them, but let's do it. Let's just more than tell them to come to church. Let's worship God, and let's be the men we're supposed to be. Come on, mamas. I understand. I understand you got a hard job, but the most important thing we'll do for our children is plant a seed of worship in their life. God said, I'm going to bless Isaac because of how your daddy Worship me. Well, I wish some moms and dads right now would just praise God. I wish some grandparents and moms and dads would worship God right now. Because you may be purchasing favor for the next generation. You have a golden opportunity. Your service makes a difference in your children's lives. We have some parents in our church tonight who your mom and dad didn't serve the Lord. You didn't get to grow up in a home where worship and church and holiness was a priority. And I hate some of the things that many of you had to go through and experience and see growing up and in your early years of life. But God has seen fit to bring you into a Holy Ghost-filled, fire-baptized, apostolic church. And may I tell you, you may be a first generation, but you have a golden opportunity to be an Abraham for your children and for your future generations. Your worship right now is laying a foundation for your children's life that God is going to honor and God is going to remember. I'm sorry your daddy didn't worship, but you can worship for your children right now. I'm sorry your mama didn't bring you to Sunday school, but you can do for your children what should have been done for you. Be an Abraham to your family. 
Come on, be an Abraham to your family. Start a new thing in your generations that when God talks to your boys and girls, when they get older, that God says, I'm going to bless you because how your mom and dad worship me, because how your mom and dad gave their life to me. Oh, I feel like the Holy Ghost is moving in this place right now. Amen. I've got some ground to cover, and I'm trying my best to not belabor the point, but you have to also understand that just because God wants to bless you doesn't mean the enemy's going to like it. Genesis 26 and 15, For all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. Wells are very symbolic in Scripture. They play a vital role in the Bible. To possess a well was to be independent and to be able to have your own land and take care of your own flocks. Often a well was inherited from a previous generation. If you had a well in a given place, it represented your right to live there. It was your territory. If you owned a well in the land, that meant it was your land and it was your territory and it was your promise. Abraham realized that where there was water, there was life. And so he knew that if I'm going to have life, I've got to have a well. I've got to dig a well or my family won't survive in this wilderness. And so Isaac actually found his wife, Rebekah, by a well. There is a type scene that repeats over and over in the scripture where many people meet their, their spouse by a well. And it's also included all the way over in the New Testament when you have a Samaritan woman who has had, had a broken life, but she meets her Messiah at a well. And so you find that Isaac actually found his wife, Rebekah, by a well, Genesis 24 and 16. And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin. Neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And when Isaac saw her by the well, he knew that's the woman for me. May I tell our young people, don't date, marry, go out with, spend time investing in somebody who doesn't know how to go to the well and worship God. If they're not worshipers, they're not dateable. If they're not praisers, they're not potential suitors. Well, praise God. Your first question should not be how good looking are they. Your first question should not be how popular are they. Your first question is do they know how to get to a well and worship God and talk to God and find the presence of God. The most important thing you'll find is do they know how to get to the well of living water. You give me somebody that knows how to talk in tongues. Amen. I'm, 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 going, to, I'm going to just love it with you. I'd been evangelizing. I'd traveled the country. I'd seen girls from Dan to Beersheba. I got mail all the time from them. I wasn't always old and ugly. I was young and ugly, but I was an evangelist so I could get away with it. And I, I, I would go back to my home church. And we'd have prayer meetings, and we'd have youth prayer meetings. And I'd watch my wife pray. I'd watch her kneel down between the pews and pray and cry and talk to God. 
Amen. And it was something about her prayer life. Amen. That got my attention. Praise God. Look, I, the Bible talks about babes in Christ. She was a babe in Christ, too. You know what I'm saying? But babes in Christ are a dime a dozen. But you find one that knows how to pray and touch heaven. And you found somebody that you can build a life with. Amen. I'm going to tell you what. Be attracted. Be, be physically attracted to somebody. But you better make sure they're right with God and they love God. And they know how to talk in tongues and worship God and seek the face of God. Amen. Isaac found his wife by a well. Listen, when you are a child of promise, you can't just take anything that comes along. When you're living under a promise, you got to understand, I got to get myself to the well. I wish I had somebody say, praise the Lord. I wish I had somebody that would say praise the Lord right now. I wish somebody believed what I was preaching. I'm telling you, you got to raise your standard. If you don't raise your standard, then you won't get what God has for you. But you got to say, God, I'm not settling. I'm not settling for somebody just because they're cute. I want somebody cute that knows how to pray and worship God. Amen. I didn't plan on saying all that. I planned on saying some of it. I didn't plan on saying all of it, but I will say this is my first priority is I got to find out how to get to the well. And look, boys, and look, young ladies, don't you get mad if somebody don't like you when you've been hanging out carnal all week long and hadn't been at the altar worshiping God. I'm telling you right now, if you don't worship God, I'm going to tell every girl in this church, don't give you a second chance. Is that all right? Is that all right, boys? You hear me say it, right, boys? You hear me? You hear me, Daniel? Amen. If you don't set your sights high in life, if you don't set your sights high in the spirit, then the devil will send whatever you're willing to accept by. And when you accept it, you'll be stuck. I'm telling you, have high standards for yourself in the spirit. Have high standards for yourself in life. We're not better than anybody, but we're not like anybody. We're Holy Ghost filled, Jesus name, apostolic people. And we got to walk like it in this world because we got a calling and a destiny and a purpose and a promise. We don't just settle in this world because God has called us to be a revival church in this city and in this community and we walk under promise and we walk under destiny and we walk under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and I live my life like it. I wish somebody would say praise the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. I'm, 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 I'm getting off that. I'm getting off of that altogether for a minute, I think. Genesis 26 and 19. Listen, you're going to have to fight for your wells. The Bible said Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. And the herdmen of Gerard did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, This water is ours. And he called the name of the well Esek. Esek means contention because they strove with him. And he digged another well and strove for that also, and he called the name of it Sitna. Sitna means strife. The enemy doesn't want you to have a well in the land. He doesn't want you to have water in the time of famine. The enemy wants you to wither up and dry up and die in your spirit. 
Amen. He doesn't want you coming to the well and worshiping God. He doesn't want you coming to the altar and getting full of the Holy Ghost. He's striving for your well. He said, this waters. let me tell you, I'm sick and tired of the devil telling people what they can and can't have in life. The devil, you can't have my joy, and you can't have my peace, and you can't have my worship, and you can't have my marriage, you can't have my children, you can't have my peace, you can't have my contentment, you can't have my ministry, you can't have my anointing. I'm, I'm tired of the enemy saying this water is ours. This water doesn't belong to the world. This water belongs to the church. It's a well of living water springing up to life. Oh, God. Amen. I'm, I'm teetering on the edge of getting stirred up. The other day I was driving down the road and the Lord began to deal with me about this message. Genesis 26 and 15 for the wells, for all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. Abraham, the father of faith, called and chosen, chosen and anointed by God, dug wells in the wilderness. Those wells were Abraham's wells. They didn't belong to the Philistines. They didn't belong to the people of the land. They belonged to Abraham and to Abraham's family. But the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. The Philistines were in the same famine as Isaac and God's people were. But notice what they did. They stopped the wells of Abraham and filled them with earth. They took dirt and plugged up the wells that had belonged to Abraham. Now, here's, here's what bothers me. I could understand. I, could un I wouldn't like it, but I could understand if they had fought for the wells so they could give water to their own children. I could understand. You know, you do what you got to do to survive. I could understand if they fought for the wells so they could water their cattle and live their own life. But these Philistines didn't want the well for themselves. They didn't get a drink of water. They just said, I don't want it, but I don't want you to have it either. And I get to th wondering, why did it bother the Philistines if Abraham and Isaac had a well? Why should it bother them? If you don't want the water, why do you care if Isaac has the water? Why do you have to stop Isaac from getting what Isaac needs even though you don't want it? And it just it started working on me, and I started getting more and more aggravated at a devil that doesn't want a revival. He doesn't want to move a God. He didn't want people's lives put back together. He, didn't want an he doesn't want addicts delivered. He doesn't want young people full of the Holy Ghost. He doesn't want marriages fixed. He doesn't want God's people to prosper. He doesn't want it for himself. He just doesn't want you to have it. I've come to serve notice on the devil. You're not going to stop me from getting my well. It had nothing to do, had nothing to do with their own needs. It was just to stop someone else from getting the water. I've been to churches that didn't want revival. I've been in church services where people didn't want to move of the Spirit. It showed in their prayer. It showed in their worship. It showed in their response to God's Word and His presence. I've seen churches that had visitors all over the room knowing they needed God, but yet they resisted the move of the Spirit before. They didn't want a well for themselves, but what was worse was their lack of response to the presence of God filled the well with earth so that no one else could get a drink either. 
You have to beware of the Philistines in your life. People who don't want to drink from heaven's well, but they don't want you to have one either. People who don't want to get a blessing, but they don't want you to get a blessing either. You have to beware of Philistines that have no interest in spiritual things and don't want you to have an interest in spiritual things either. you got to be careful of the people that try to come into your life and keep you from getting where you need to be with God. Amen. You need to be careful about people that devalue the presence of God and the church and the work of God and holy living and godly living and worship and prayer and praise. You gotta watch people that come into your life and say things like, it don't really take all that. You don't really need to do that. You don't really need to go to church tonight. You need to beware of the people that seem to show up in your driveway every time you're getting ready to leave to come to the house of God. You gotta watch out because there's Philistines that want to steal your wells out of your soul. You gotta be careful about the people that you let have access to your spirit and to your thoughts. And to I wish somebody believed what I was preaching right now. Right now, I've come to tell you, I don't have friends that want me to backslide. I don't hang out with people that try to get me to live worldly and carnal and listen to songs I shouldn't listen to and watch stuff I shouldn't watch and talk about things I shouldn't talk about and touch people where I shouldn't touch them and watch things on the internet I shouldn't be looking at. You got to be careful of the Philistines trying to get into your life to take your well. They don't want the work work of God. They don't want a move of God, but they want to take your move of God. And you got to be careful of the Philistines. If, if, If I had somebody say preach it, I might take that one step further. You got to beware of the Philistines, but don't you be a Philistine to someone else either. You hear me? Don't you be a Philistine to somebody that's trying to live for God and all you want to talk about is carnal, worldly junk all the time. Don't you be the voice of a Philistine trying to stop up somebody's well. Boys, keep your hands to yourself. Girls, keep your hands to yourself. Live holy, live right. Don't be a Philistine. Parents, don't buy stuff for your kids you know they shouldn't have. You're damning their soul to hell. You're telling them that what the church and the Bible preaches doesn't matter and it's not important. Take us. Don't be a Philistine to your own children. Don't buy them music that glorifies sex and violence and perversion. You'll be a Philistine to your own babies. If you want to backslide, that's fine, but don't try to take your kids with you. And if you want to backslide, young folks, I wish you didn't, but don't you try to get these other young folks to be a partaker in the garbage you're doing. Beware of the Philistines. I must understand every time I come to the well, somebody needs a drink and if I don't have a perceived thirst somebody else will need it and so my response to the presence of the Lord can keep somebody's well open or stop it up amen I'm not wanting to preach much longer it's hunger 30 Genesis 26 and 17 and Isaac departed thence and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham, his father. 
for the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. That's, a, that's, a, that's a two very interesting verses. He digged again the wells that his father dug. And then he made sure he gave them the same names that they used to have. He wasn't trying to get away from what his father had done. He wasn't ashamed of what the previous generation had done in their life. He wasn't ashamed of Abraham's wells. He dug them again. Not a new well, the same well. And gave him the same name. Before Isaac dug a new well, he made sure the old wells were right. God is not against new wells. God's not against new songs. God's not against new methods. God's not against new systems. God's not against innovative ways to reach people. God just wants to make sure that while we're digging new wells, we don't abandon old wells. Before Isaac dug a new well, he dug again an old well. Oh, praise God. I get angry when I see young men abandon old wells. We need new innovative methods, but not all not, not at the expense of the old at the expense of the old wells. Amen. Can I say it again? I've seen churches that men dug out that built good, strong, apostolic churches, and then somebody comes in and they change the message. And they God's not against new methods, but God says, I'll give you a new well, but not until you fix the old well and make sure you're still drinking the same water. Can I say it one more time? Can I say it one more time? This is still a one God church. We're still a one God apostolic Jesus name church. We still talk in tongues and we still shout and we still worship and we still love God. We still baptize in Jesus name all the way under the water. Amen. We still believe in prayer. We still believe that worship makes a difference. Amen. I don't buy into this, all this new well stuff that says, let's, let, let's just change. Then we still got to hold on to the message. You can't have a new well until you've dug the old well and call it by the same name. Can I just call it? Can I just say it? We're still a holiness church. Amen. And we're not planning on stopping preaching holiness. Our girls look like girls. Our boys look like boys. Amen. I'm against creeping things. I'm against creeping things. I'm against skirts creeping up, necklines creeping down. We're not of this world. You got to beware of the Philistines, folks. You got to be careful about a world that wants to so influence you that you lose your identity as a child of God. You got to dig the old wells. It still takes prayer. It still takes Jesus' name. It still takes, am I preaching all right, Bishop? Have we outgrown? Have we got beyond holiness preaching? Have we got to the point where we don't need it or want it anymore? I say, dear God, help us to not forget the old wells.
He dug the old wells, called them by the same name. And then, after he dug the old wells, then verse 22, and he removed from thence and digged another well. You see, God's not against new wells. He's just against new wells that abandon old wells. And digged another well. And for that they strove not. And he called the name of it Rehoboth. And he said, for now the Lord hath made room for us. And we shall be fruitful in the land. And he went up from thence to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared unto him the same night. And said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee and will bless thee and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. If you'll have respect for what your elders did, God will have respect for what you do. If you'll have respect for what your elders did, God will have respect for what you do. We're not just going to throw out holiness and one God in Jesus' name preaching and worshiping, praising God and loving God because if we'll have respect for what our elders respected, God will have respect for us. I am the God of Abraham, thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bless thee and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. And he builded an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants digged a well. They got a new well when they showed respect to the old wells. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I pray to God. Lord, help us to keep our feet firmly planted in this Jesus' name apostolic message. God, help us, Lord, not to become so concerned with the world that we forget the old wells that our fathers have dug. Oh, God, help us understand that the promise of our future hinges on the respect we have for our past, that you renewed the promise in Isaac only after he redug the wells of Abraham, his father. May I tell this young generation, may I tell us, I said us, I meant you. No, can I tell us? That it's more than juking and jiving to music. It's more than having our favorite song and our favorite singer. But God, help me to build a walk with you that's rooted and grounded in the disciplines of prayer and fasting and faithfulness and giving. Amen. Can I preach to you a little bit? Can I preach just a minute or two more? Brother Ethan, run up here because if you don't, I might not stop. But a lot of our elders still serve. They still serve in different areas. You, you look around here and you see some of our elders and they're working as ushers and greeters and they're working in all kinds of different areas. One of them came and told me some stuff he had done outside uh, this last few days. And, and, and our elders are working. And a lot of our young people are getting active. But you know what? Some of us in the middle between those two age groups... We're letting the younger and the elder do the work for us. But I'm saying, God, help us all to get involved. There's a ministry for everybody here. 
There's a ministry for everyone here. There's a job for everybody to do. God, help us, oh God. Help us, oh God, to have respect for our elders well. And let us get involved at the same. Stand with me. I'm, I'm closing. I'm closing. You've got to beware of the Philistines that want to dig, want to steal your well. Hallelujah. Why don't you lift your hands all over this place? Glory to God. The Holy Ghost is in this place. As your hands are lifted to heaven, there's some here tonight. I feel like the Holy Ghost is dealing with me right now. Some folks, you made your start out for God, but the Philistines are starting to tempt you. Things from the old life, things from the old ways, coming after your well. Enemies you thought you had defeated, they're trying to, to put earth back in the well stop the flow of the spirit in your life you know what the answer to that is is a good old fashioned Holy Ghost tongue talking fit hallelujah you just gotta dig the well again if it's been a long time since you prayed through you ought to come to the altar and pray for the Holy Ghost like you did the first time you got it you gotta dig again the well can't get your new well till you redig your old well. There ought to be some fresh anointings, some fresh baptisms of the Holy Ghost here tonight. Oh, that's right. commitment to an old well. Amen. Why don't you throw your hands up in the air and say, God, baptize me one more time at that well of living water. Oh, that's right. In the name of the Lord. me with the fresh anointing. If it's been a long time since you had a breakthrough, you ought to dig the well again tonight. If it's been a long time since you felt the presence of God, you ought to lift your hands to heaven and press until you get back to the well one more time. Oh God, let me dig again the well. Yet the enemy's tried to stop us. He's tried to stop it with the cares of this world. 
with the pleasures of this life, with the struggles and the stress of this world. But God, I'm going to dig again the well. Come on, y'all, to press your way through to a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost tonight. Y'all, to push your way into the well. Y'all, to start digging the stuff in your life that's clogged up the well. Y'all, to start digging it out right now. You might walk out of here with a fresh anointing and a brand new well. somebody close to you. Pray for a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost. Set a high standard for yourself tonight.
Holy Ghost is moving here still. I, I, I'm not trying to, to belabor the point, but there's still a touch from the Holy Ghost in this place. Sometimes in a dry place, you have to sing to the desert like Miriam did and say, spring up, oh well. When it doesn't feel like water, it doesn't look like water, no, no sign of water. Sometimes you have to sing a prophetic song to the desert land and say, spring up, oh well, spring up. Sometimes when it doesn't seem like it can happen, you just need to raise your hand to heaven and say, God, spring up. Let that well in my soul spring up one more time. out to him God wants to give a fresh anointing of peace on somebody's troubled mind tonight even Jesus when he got weary Even Jesus, when he got weary, the Bible said he sat on the well. Jesus knew where to go when he got tired. Can you reach over and pray for somebody? God, let there be a refreshing, renewing. God, there's some people who are under a heavy burden of stress, overwhelming anxiety. God, I pray let a refreshing of the Holy Ghost come on them tonight. Let a fresh flow of the Holy Ghost minister to their spirit. Let there be a refreshing and a renewing in the Holy Ghost, God.
You have a world that's trying to eat you alive. You've got to be aware. You've got to stand strong in your faith and understand what is going on in the spiritual realm. Amen and amen. Uh, I believe we've got someone being baptized right now in the name of Jesus. We're having a revival. We're still having a revival. Amen. Amen. I thought we'd get a little more excited about that. Somebody being put in the mighty name of Jesus right now having their sins washed away. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Lord, we love you, Jesus. God, we thank you for your many blessings, Lord. We thank you for this word that we heard tonight. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, help us to apply it to our hearts, to our lives. Never remember that the Philistines, or never forget that the Philistines are on our tail and they're trying to destroy us, God. Help us, Lord, to be conquerors in all we do in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.